I am Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And we're paranormal specialists who live in the most haunted city on earth, Savannah, Georgia. Every day is Halloween in our line of work, so join us as we spin true tales of haunts, murders, and disturbing Savannah history. I'm Madison. I'm Chris. And, and welcome, welcome to the most haunted city on earth. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the most haunted city on earth. My name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And, and I'm JT Timmons. Oh, shoot, I almost trampled right I over know. you. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. Well, you're not there. Yeah, you're not there, so, so I'm not looking at you. And here we are. We're here. It's early. And we're talking about ghosts. He's here. He's just behind <laughs> all his tech gadgets now. Yeah, it's going to start He's getting more and more technical, y'all. Tech. Yes, yes. We. I was just telling Chris we got the uh, we got um, a good part of the uh, new Blackmagic studio. So live streams are going to start looking just sexy what, and what? Uh, you know, you know sexy sexier than they streams. already have been. And um, it's going to be wicked. We're going to be doing some more public live streams, some more pair junkie live streams. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be awesome. People love to people love the live streams. So, yep, yep, yep. All right, Madison, what we got? So we have ghost mail first and foremost uh, for today. But before we get into all of our spooky spooky mail, we are going to do a little bit of announcements. So JT, tell us about our new pair of junkies. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I would love to thank our new pair of junkies. I would love to thank Melissa Mayfair, Laura Bennett, Lisa Herrera, Michaela Gowans, Laura Swink, Naomi Beckerink. Shannon Smith and Riley. Thank you all so much for becoming Parajunkies. We're excited to get you all the cool stuff, all the exclusive stuff, and uh, zero ads always. And what a time to be a Parajunkie, especially if you like Hawaii. (laughs) You're not going to Hawaii, but... (laughs) (laughs) Well, what do we have for them? (laughs) I know, you got to allude to it like that. You're not going to Hawaii. Um, Well, I mean, on your own, you can, absolutely. Nothing's stopping you from buying a ticket. But not today. Um, But... Not today. We are not You're giving not away to- trips to Hawaii. No, no paradise for you. <laughs> but if you want to go virtually, we are going to be doing a lot of exclusive content over in Hawaii because JT and I are going to be there. Yep. As of when this episode is airing, we will be on a... One up- week. No, no, no. This will be one week from when we go to Hawaii. Okay. Yes. We will be one week is, out from when Tuesday. we go to Hawaii. We're front loading all of our <laughs> episodes, so I'm trying to think of when all of this is going going to go up because dates are confusing but um yeah so we will be in hawaii um celebrating my sister graduating college uh Woo! so we here yay very fun very f- feisty. Go risky go florida state yes um go so, so because of that uh we can't go to hawaii without going to see the haunted locations spooky, and spooky. Gonna, absolutely mm-hmm. which yep. does lead us into we are going to tell some of the stories of what people on patreon are going to be seeing and live streaming and all that yes um so that is introducing this upcoming series that we're doing which is Halloween. yay and, ooh, some nice dad jokes Hula-ween. for you there <laughs> 
Um, so we're going to be telling all of the Hawaiian fun, spooky, spooky stories and lore and all that. So we've got everything from demon corpse eating cats to Yum. night marchers to um, weird murders happening in this one road area. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got a lot of stuff to uh, to talk about. So that'll be a five episode series. Small islands, big ghosts. Lots of them. <laughs> Deeply haunted. Yeah, space. we had no idea. We were reading about it, you know, doing our research and stuff, and we're like, Hol- I mean, Halloween. Halloween. Hawaii is insanely haunted. Oh, yeah. Like, insanely Absolutely. haunted. Well, you see, it was like, it, it It was one of those things that I knew it was spiritual. I knew that there was a lot of folklore to yeah. it, but I didn't realize how much murder and mayhem and hauntings. Lots of murder and well, mayhem. Well, it's, it, it's such an isolated place, and that also, you know, creates a lot of spiritual tension, you know, mm-hmm. being so isolated. And then it was uh, such a coveted place. So there was so much war, you know, there's so much tension in that sense. So there's a lot to the whole Polynesian, you know, array yes. uh, gives way to a lot of, of frightening stories. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. You know, and it's, um, it's interesting because JT and I were reading about Hawaii's um, true crime and ghosts and things like that as we were driving back from the Devil's Tramping Grounds. And... You see, it was one of those places that were like, you know what? It kind of makes sense. It's the perfect place to be a serial killer because there's so many people who go there for a vacation. Right, yeah. transient. It's yeah, all transient. It's so transient. And lots of sharks to eat bodies. It's true. All right. So, um, Halloween will start this Saturday. Um, and with a From One to Wicked episode on a very evil entity. Um, the Kasha. That- the Kasha. And uh, and then we're gonna we're gonna have a little bit of a true crime fusion episode. We're gonna have uh, a two part episode. It's gonna be wild. Like we have this thing planned out to the teeth. So become a pair junkie um, if you want to actually see us there showing you the things we talk about. Hopefully That's we don't die. That's basically the idea. Um, and <laughs> then last die. announcement. Then we're gonna last announcement. Then we're gonna jump right into ghost mail. But Friday the fourteenth is a very very special day. Uh, Friday July. July 14th is a very, very special day for this podcast because we will be having a special guest on the show. Uh, her name is Robin, and um, the Rainbow Connection, uh, which is basically like Make-A-Wish, um, reached out to us and said she's a big fan of the show, uh, she and her sister, and um, she's taking a very special vacation uh, here to Savannah to see the most haunted city on earth. And we're actually going to have her on the show and we're going to talk to her about, uh, some things. So her name is Robin and it's really, really, it's going to be such a cool, uh, like episode. I'm very, very excited for that. And so we're, we're doing a special filming of that, uh, Friday the 14th. And then that will be up for Tuesday, that Tuesday. Yeah. For the public. Yes. Um, yes, 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 yes. I should have all, I should have the Black Magic Studio set up um, fully by then. So I believe we can just like press a button and start live streaming. So I'll most likely be able to live stream, but you know, we'll let you know. Um, but that's going to be awesome. So uh, you want to do some ghost mail? Absolutely. Dope lettuce. Oh, oh, oh Don Nielsen commented and said, hey guys. Hey. <laughs> we're so weird. That's all why right. they listen, right? I know. Yeah, we're strange. All right, jumping right into the ghost mail with actually somebody that has taught JT filmmaking and is a friend of Chris's. 
Bear Brown. Bear! What? Yeah. Oh, bear. bear sent in some ghost mail? He did. Yes, Bear. Yes, he, oh my gosh. Uh, so Bear was a cinematography professor at SCAD, and um, he was on my board um, for when I was uh, graduating with my master's at Savannah College of Art and Design, and he helped me, uh, he helped me pass with flying, flying colors. So, you know, he taught me a lot. He's a really, really great dude, really great yeah. dude. Everyone loved him. And we worked on several projects together. He's a good friend of mine, and... Uh, yeah, no, Bear is awesome. Uh, and funnily enough, he kind of looks like a little bear. Oh, <laughs> just a little bear. <laughs> All right. So. Let's do it. I'm excited to hear this ghost mail. All right. Hola, Madison and my brother from another mother, Chris. JT, not to leave you out, keep up the nonstop productions, both live and digital. Thank Who you. knows, I might jo join y'all. Haven't lost the Southern vernacular on one of your excursions. I was wondering if you come across of people who are protected by spirits. For lack of a better term, there is an urban legend of an old woman about to be attacked by a gang, but when, you saw, when they saw a giant figure standing behind her, or even the story from the Bible where uh, Alicia... Is that a is that a Bible figure? I did not know that. No, I didn't know that either. E L I S H A Alicia. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look that up. Is surrounded by an army of angels. I myself have been in a few situations, including facing facing soldiers with assault rifles aimed at me and attempting kidnapping, um, where I have felt as if there was a protection. Fair. Interesting question. Whoa. So, okay. absolutely. Elijah. Elisha? Elijah. Anyway, back to uh, protection. Yes, absolutely. Um, and especially, it's funny that you bring up military, because I think that is, uh, there are many stories in the military of that specific kind of thing. Um, there's a famous story of a unit protected by uh, the Mother Mary. Um, while I think this was in World War II. There's an, a unit that was basically being pressed upon by the enemy, and as the enemy came in, this very large image of the Mother Mary came shining through the clouds. Ooh. And the, I think it was the German officers were like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe this is, maybe we should turn back. But I've heard countless encounters where people state that they were so scared and then almost like a light switch. They had this sudden sense of comfort and safety because in their own words, they felt protected. They felt there was something there guarding them, protecting them, overlooking them. And I think that's where the, the, the idea of guardian angels comes from, is encounters with some force or some thing that is beyond your reckoning that seems to be caring for you, seems to be taking care of you. Um, and I think if you go back through a lot of these stories, sometimes it, it'll be family members. Sometimes it'll just be an unknown entity and sometimes people just straight up say, my guardian angel, you know, came and saved me. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it, in different facets, there's different types of protective entities and things like that. I mean, even if you're looking back into old mythology and whatnot, uh, the concept of war deities that are protecting. Oh, yeah. Favored by the gods. Exactly. You know, it's uh, things like that. They're being protected by gods or deities. Um, and then there's so many stories of people getting into even just like horrific car accidents and coming out without a scratch on them. And 
they say, you know, I've heard, I can't remember what story or where it came from, but I remember this story of somebody who was in one of those just like horrible car accidents, shouldn't have been able to make it out alive. Um, and they said they felt like somebody put their body over them oh. and um, almost was shielding them from all the rubble and, you know, piercing glass and metal and things like that. And they came out of the, out of the car wreck with like basically minimal scratches and things of that nature. You hear so many stories of these. And I think a lot of them, the most common would be your spirit team, if you will, your guardian spirits, your um, entities that are there to keep you around basically to continue fulfilling what you're supposed to be doing in this plane. Um, yeah, something that was, um, when I was growing up, <clears throat> I lived in Italy, and um, we went to this um, chapel shrine on top of a mountain, and we're going up the stairs because uh, there were two paths you could take. You can go up the stairs to it, or you could crawl on your knees up like this jagged rock path. Oh, no. And we'd go by, and there are people crying, their knees bleeding coming up this path and we're like oh, okay you know a little kid going what the what and we get to the top and they tell us the story and the story was that a man uh, a thief was being chased by the authorities and he ran up to this cliff and as he got to the edge he fell off the cliff and as he was falling he prayed to mother mary and said please 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 if you um save me i will crawl up this mountain on my knees and he landed without a scratch. And he served his time, became as holy as he could, and f- fulfilled his promise. He, he went up the, uh, the hill on his knees. Now, what was fascinating about this was the exchange was miracle first, payment later. Because in so many cases, people are like, bartering with the gods they're like i'm going to you know um i'll do these things if you give me this i'll do these things if you give me this well according to these people they're saying that everyone who is coming up on their knees received whatever they had prayed for they were not doing this in hopes of getting it they were doing this in thanks in appreciation for getting it and that always stuck with me because we are so accustomed to seeing people flagellate themselves for the goal, for the hope of something. But these people were doing it out of gratitude, out of thanks. And it was, uh, it was interesting because that was one of those things where it's like faith does have this amazing um, leverage in your life. And if you're truly thankful and if you're truly you know, grateful for the gifts that you get, a, a, you need a show, you know, because that, 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 that solidifies faith. That's what ritual is. And we talk about that a lot is you want to solidify that your faith is that strong. Fascinating. You are a walking parable. A walking parable. <laughs> <laughs> sure, that's the first one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I haven't heard that one yet. <laughs> But seriously, an interesting question. And, you know, definitely, definitely so many different stories of protective spirits that you can get into. Um, but thank you for sending that in. And man. it might be uh, worthwhile, you know, let's put a pin in it, uh, guardian angel stories. Right. Um, oh, that would know, be a good episode. That would be cool. Th- a whole episode on that because there are, you know, uh, I keep thinking 
I've heard the car wreck stories mm-hmm. of, of people who just shouldn't have lived and 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 there's there's they just have that certainty that there was some guardian mm-hmm. spirit that that protected them and saved them. Now. And then we can talk about guardian demons, yeah. which is Ooh. a fun story. That's Ooh. also a very that sounds fun. great. <laughs> JT's sounds like, great. Yeah, yeah, guardian demons. <laughs> so can a guardian uh, angel um, kill the person or thing that is trying to That's hurt the guardian you? demon story. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you, so so if an angel does the killing, they become a demon or No, no. no. Now I'm, so now I'm one curious. of one of the most interesting things that I ever encountered as far as that line of belief was was that angels were assigned their duties at the beginning of time, at the beginning of everything. Mm-hmm. They knew their path forever. But a faction of angels turned and became demons, but their responsibilities didn't change. They were still assigned to guardian certain people. So some people, instead of having guardian angels, have guardian demons. And the and this is pure mythology, you know. This is, but it's such an interesting storyline, which is those are people who profit off of darkness, yeah. who who end up being protected by by terrible acts around them, you know, um, people who make incredible inheritances by, by family members dying in odd and strange ways, you know, things like that, because the, the demon is trying to protect <laughs> the, or, or, you know, mm-hmm. serve the interest of the individual and, and has at their beck and call devious, dark, and insidious things. So it's, it's, it's an interesting thing to look at, um, but not necessarily... A, a a a nice thing to happen. <laughs> sure, you don't want okay. them necessarily. No, no, but, not necessarily. But mm, I kind of still want interesting. One. All right. Oh, here, here a lot. <laughs> Anyways, your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So our next one comes from Emily. Ghost mail, ponderances, and so much more. Hello, you wonderful three. My name is Emily Carswell. I am a huge fan of Most Haunted City slash Savannah Underground podcast. I have been binging it for months now since the beginning. I have learned so much from this podcast and I thoroughly enjoy it. Thanks, Sim. Thank you so much. Yeah. There are so many spooky stories I could tell from my life. I have a partner that does not believe in the paranormal so far in his life, claiming he has never had any experiences that can't be explained by normal occurrence. This has not been the case in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I feel you on that one. I grew up with a stepdad that was a wool in sheep's clothing in a sense. I won't delve into that, but we'll say he was a horrible, abusive man that worked most times as a pastor of numerous churches throughout my life. He would let us watch horror movies growing up, claiming, especially the ones about demons, that they gave us knowledge we needed for our lives. Throughout my journey and surviving the unimaginable abuse we did, I seemed to have lost my faith in God. 
this has really troubled me in certain areas because I used to love consuming any, and I mean all, spooky content. Things with demons really bothers me now. And I think it's because, as you guys have mentioned before, having a higher power to believe in, i.e. the people who call out to God during sleep paralysis, which I have done and experienced in my past, and consuming any content like this unnerves me and makes me feel on edge like something is just around the corner. Not in a paranoid way, but I get that sicky, creepy feeling all over my body. I am very, uh, I am very susceptible to spirits and energies. So sometimes this really bothers me. Any tips? For example, watching Zach Bagan's Haunted Artifacts show has really creeped me out. And not in the fun adrenaline way. It made me feel more genuinely daunted. Uh, just a scary story from my childhood. We lived in a parsonage, a pastor's home owned by a church for those who might not know. In Sedalia, M.O. So that's Missouri? Missouri. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was a, about 11. My stepbrother, also 11, had come to visit. One summer night, we went to bed. I slept on the bottom bunk of a futon bunk bed. Adjacent to me was, a, was my brother's room. Where I lay in bed across the room was a big window. Under the window sat big bins of my sister's and I's toys. We still played with Barbies, etc. at this time. I remember vividly feeling just ungodly fear and unnerved out of nowhere. Uh, Then a small dark figure the size of a child darted out from under the windows, across my room and out the door and into my brother's room. He started to scream and saw it too. My parents came running in, of course, and we were both so scared. I have blocked the majority of my childhood, especially the teen years, out due to trauma, but I think that it was so intense that my brother and I both saw whatever the creepy figure was. Thanks for your time and for reading. Keep up the amazing work of sharing stories and truths about the paranormal. I feel like I know you all so deeply because of this podcast. I vacationed in Savannah before, and I felt so immediately connected to the city. I loved it and hope to return someday. Best wishes, Emily. Wow. Oof. That was an awesome one. That is. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, I think at the start, we should probably say evil is a human trait. We, uh, we throw the word around a lot, but it, is, it only dwells in humans. H- humans are the source and, and, and the perpetrators of evil. Um, and the irony is it's true when you watch a horror movie, you are preparing yourself in a lot of ways because there's safety in watching a movie. Um, the, the, the things on the screen will not harm you, but we get to be scared and we get to feel what fear is without the threat of the thing. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, having a bear maul you will teach you fear at great cost of life and limb. Watching someone get mauled by a bear on a TV show gives you the anticipatory notion of it. So um, when you're watching a show or when you're watching something that involves or is, is, is around scary ob- objects or scary stories or anything like that, you can treat it as a training exercise. That's part of the reason why we like roller coasters. It's part of the reason why we like being scared in stories or telling stories that are scary. It's because it is a, a mechanism inside of us saying, I need to be prepared for when the terrible things happen. And in your case, terrible things happened. And now 
it's the reverse. You're not seeing something in preparation. You're seeing something that reminds you. Mm-hmm. And there comes a point when the balancing act of our lives is how much of the trauma that we carry are we going to continue to allow define us? Uh, and, and there are ways around it, of course, and there are, there, are, there are paths through it. And I'm sorry that you went through the trauma that you did. Yeah. Um, but the supernatural elements of our lives are oftentimes very attracted to the trauma of our lives. Trauma is, is, is a great source for them. Because, and we, we've talked about this before, our emotional content when we are faced with scary things, when we are faced with those, those uh, entities, uh, any emotion that we can, we can throw at it is a very immediate connection and it's very connective. Uh, and so I don't want to say this like in a doom bwahaha way, but there's probably something very dark attached right now because you had these traumatic events Trauma attracts these things. So just, you know, be aware that maybe the unease you feel is that there might be something dark around you that feeds on the communication. You know, you indulge in watching a show about paranormal, uh, paranormal activity, you start to get that fear or, or that sensation in you, and it kind of awakens the environment around you. Um, and it's always good to have a, a true dyed-in-the-wool skeptic around to keep you from spiraling out. So, you know, kudos on finding a, a partner who is grounded because it's very easy to quickly spiral out of control when you're feeding, you know, the what was that, what is this, what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've ever been on a ghost hunt with a bunch of keyed-up people... <laughs> The slightest thing can send you into a, a into a, a frenzy, so it's important to know that uh, that anchors are always good, touchstones are always good, things that are not a part of this uh, crazy tapestry that we talk about so much mm-hmm. are always good. Yeah, and I think it's important to note too that a lot of times when you have deep trauma that forces you to be afraid of the environment where you are living. Um, it, it makes you heightenedly aware Absolutely. of things. And so I can understand why it would make you unnerved because you said you're already sensitive to spirits and whatnot. And then when you take that now gained ability to be heightenedly just perceiving everything around you because that was how your body and your mind were able to survive through what you've been through... Um, it makes sense that you would be more perceptive to these things, but don't be afraid of a lot of it as well. Um, because at least from my experience, um, most of the time it, they're just existing around us mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily out to get you. I know that's hard to, uh, <laughs> to unlearn. Especially growing up in a deeply religious household, you're taught that anything that is supernatural a lot of times is evil and you do not engage with it or you need to learn how to combat it. But not everything is out to get you, I promise. So. Yeah, even, even these, these entities that we speak of evil, are, are, their goal is different than we assume it is because we assume it's about harm. 
but it's really about that connection and that connectivity. They, they want to continue and their goal becomes what can I do to have this connection? Right. If it's being scary, cause that's connecting us, uh, the fear feeds me. So I'm going to keep making it scary. Um, you know, and, and they develop into darkness and, and develop into these, these, these dark things. And yeah, it's weird because I, I always say I'm, I'm not sensitive. I'm hypervigilant. Yeah. I am. I'm not. Um, so like I, I will actually literally see things, but it's not by an extra sense. It's by a almost guarded sense of what's going on. So my perception has become so sharp to what's out of place, you know, uh, temperature changes and things like that. Mostly because I'm scared, you know, mostly because I'm really, really scared. And that puts me in a mindset of what's that? What's this? What's this? What do I hear? What do I see? Um, and it's, so I'm not having extra perception. I'm having what's barely perceptible is more obvious to me. So, um, yeah, I would, I would say that it's, it's, there's no such thing as don't be afraid. <laughs> like, right. like it's, it's great advice. Don't be afraid. Yeah. It does. I'm terrified of clowns. <laughs> so you put a clown in front of me, I'm going to inside be like, Aah! and everybody's like, well, don't be afraid. It's just a guy in makeup. I'm like, I know that. I know that. <laughs> I'm perfectly aware that it's a man in makeup. It doesn't change anything. I have an irrational fear of it. And so it, it, it's not a switch that you turn on and off, but it's good to rationalize. It's good to have that, you know, you can in the back of your head be going, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. It doesn't keep you from being afraid, but it, it helps navigate what scares you and maybe take a closer examination of what it is mm-hmm. that really scares you. Like um, I had a, I have a repressed, I, I literally had to go to a therapist and have a repressed memory of a clown brought out because I never, I never knew exactly why I was afraid of a clown. But when I learned, I was like, Oh, that makes a lot more sense of, of why I'm so irrationally afraid of clowns because clowns are scary. If you're afraid of clowns, that's natural, but I had an irrational fear. And once that came out, I was much more pliable to it. <laughs> I understood it a little better. Yeah. I think, too, we, we make a lot of missteps with faith because religion is a structure by which we understand the divine. And that's why there's so many different, because there's so many different interpretations and so many different ways to interpret the divine. And if the interpretation of the divine was the source of the, the abuse, um, then the corruption happened in its uh, foundation of that interpretation. But it doesn't affect the divine. The divine doesn't change. Mm. So uh, there's a, that Emily Dickinson poem, which is I go to church in the, my backyard. I go to church outside. You know, she doesn't go to a building. She doesn't go to a place. She doesn't. She doesn't rely on someone else's interpretation. Uh, even the Bible itself has been translated and interpreted, and uh, uh, huge swaths of it have been removed for you know manipulation purposes. You know, so that the faiths themselves can fall into line with a, a very narrow sight. So, organized religion can become very distasteful 
if you don't have that sense of community, that sense of safety, because that's what I think a, a church should be. A church should be a gathering of people like-minded supporting each other in a faith. Sometimes that doesn't happen or sometimes within that, that structure, mm-hmm. terrible things happen. So bypass the church, bypass the, uh, because you're s- probably sitting, and a lot of people do, sit in a world of spiritual knowledge. They understand that there's a spiritual world around them, but they feel forsaken by the organizations <laughs> that were supposed to yeah. guide them through it. So um, it's important to acknowledge, however you want to, these powers or these things. It's important to acknowledge what you can sense and what is beyond you. Um, but you don't have to adhere to any particular interpretation. And there's lots of, lots of great and wonderful philosophies and religions that you can explore, lots of expressions of faith. Um, any act of creation is a, is a divine act. So, you know, if you want to, to write things, if you want to create things, if you want to tell stories, make music, do anything that brings something into the world that wasn't there before, that's a divine act. So yeah. be a part of, of, of a ready-made and continual thing um, because it, that's such a tough question. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, that when, when you feel the loss of your faith, quote-unquote faith, because we tend to believe faith is only applicable in regards to church or in God or, you know, we, we, we tend to only believe uh, or, or think that faith means something in those terms. But faith can be very localized and very personal, and it does not have to be something that you share with everyone. <laughs> not everyone has to agree. Your personal faith is your faith. Um, and we have seen time and time again that there are organizations that faith becomes this overwhelming power for good and evil and bad. <laughs> I agree. But you'll, you'll, you'll tend to believe that when a group of people get together and they organize themselves in a way to uh, administer their faith, great successes come to those people. And that is a part of how faith works. Sure. Uh, that's why any form of witchcraft, any form of druidry, any form of alchemy, any form of that is based on faith, how it works is the faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you, you try to create rituals that prove to the self and the powers that be <laughs> that you are uh, dedicated and devoted to the idea. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm thinking that we've gotten so far off of the, the story. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, thank you for, for sending it. And, and if you have other stories, please share. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All righty. Right. Let's jump on into the next one. Thanks, Emily. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Next one is from Joseph. Echoes of people. 
Hello, my name is Joseph. I live in San Antonio, Texas. So this has happened to my brother and I and the, my nephew. First time was when I was about six and my brother was 16. We were at my aunt's house, which we definitely knew it was haunted due to other events that happened there. But my mom and aunt weren't home at all. They had gone shopping and they had said there were going to be, uh, they were going to bring back food. Well, Clear as, uh, well, clear as day, my brother and I, and even the dog, swear we heard the garage door open, then the door open, and we were hearing my mom and aunt's voice clear as day talking. Me as a kid, a, I go running to say hi, but I don't see anyone in the garage, and the garage is closed. My brother ends up calling my mom, and she says they're, they're in line for the food, and they'll be back in 15 minutes. That was the first time. The second time happened years later when I was about 16. I'm also with my brother and nephew, and we were playing games in the upstairs den at my parents' house, which I've never noticed any activity, and we saw the house the house get built, and it was fostered before, or forested before. And my, home, or my mom had gone to the store. Well, clear as day, we all hear her voice, even the dog, <laughs> Asking to help with groceries. So we all go downstairs and see nothing in the garage and the door is closed. No one was there. I call my mom and she says she's still buying stuff. The third time just happened recently and this was at my brother's house now. And this time my sister-in-law, my nephew, and my brother and I were all downstairs watching a movie when we hear clearly my sister-in-law's voice calling my nephew upstairs. And my nephew asks his mom if she called him. She didn't hear or say anything, but my brother, nephew, and I heard her voice calling him upstairs. These aren't regular events that have happened years between, but I don't know what it is these echoes of people that are still alive and when i go investigate nothing sorry this is a bit messy i'm writing this at 3 a.m in the parking lot of work thanks <laughs> <laughs> well so would that be claire audience um that sounds like a mimic to me it sounds oh, like somebody's Lord. got a no oh no really? i don't think so uh, and i only say that because um uh of the direct interactions that are happening in between um what i think is a temporal bubble I think you're having a type of clairaudience where, and uh, specifically, uh, I think it might be you specifically, have a, a, a bubble around you which perceives things about 15 minutes before they happen. Ooh, um, interesting. And I say that because of the nature of it. Because like mimics um, oftentimes have that same quality, but almost every occasion here is something that might have happened in about 15 minutes. You know, you have like a 15-minute a window because like the first time I was like, oh, interesting. Second time I was like, again, it was, she would have come home. She would have asked you to yeah. uh, do this. And then again, calling out and, and that it has an effect on anything around you is why I'm calling it a bubble. Um, what's interesting is uh, I have heard this before. What happens is you hear something that's about to happen. And then you interrupt it, and it doesn't happen. For instance, your aunt calls your nephew. Then you say, hey, were you going to call? Uh, or did you just say something? And she says, no, you've interrupted the conversation because the communication is now set up. Now she doesn't have to call to the nephew. Like Final, because- like final Destination Light, almost. Almost. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you've interrupted 
yeah. the activity, you know, um, your mom's coming to ask oh. you with the groceries, you call her and she's like, I'll be home soon. She has had the communication with you. She doesn't have to say, help me with the groceries because you now have a communication saying she'll be home soon or she'll be home in 15 minutes. That kind of thing. Uh, uh, and uh, the only reason I know this is because I had a friend who went through something like this. He talked about it all the time is that he would hear these things, but they weren't out of the ordinary because usually like a mimic is trying to get you to come to you. Right. It's trying to is trying to entice you into something. Hey, come down here. Hey, I need this. Hey, come down here. And 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 you get this sensation of unease. You know, you you almost always recognize a mimic as I heard it, and then something inside me said, "Oh no, that's not it." Um, I usually equate a an unease with your your very uh, primitive fight or flight sensation being triggered by the fact mm. that that's not right you know because you always hear this one like wh- where they'll see someone that yeah. they know and then as they're walking towards them they're like oh wait a minute you know oh yeah you know the doppelganger situation but i think uh this kind of thing and and i i the temporal bubble i i totally made up with my friend because i was trying to explain to him sure i don't think because he thought he was haunted he thought it was ghosts but it was always someone he knew it was always something very you know, trivial. Yeah. It, it wasn't some big, it wasn't like the car is going to, you know, <laughs> we're going off the road, save us. You know, it was, it was always something very casual. And it was oftentimes like his father announcing that he's home hey. and it would be like 20 minutes before he showed up. And he was like, am I psychic? Am I, you know, do I, uh, you know, will I be able to like get lottery tickets? I was like, I don't, I don't think that's how that works. I just think that you have this ability which, as unhelpful as it is <laughs> to randomly yeah. hear yeah. Uh, 20 minutes in the future, you know, and it's never anything important. It was never anything yeah. pressing. Uh, but I, and, and I, I, gosh, I should, I should try to email him. I haven't spoken to him in 20 plus years, but I wonder if he still has it. Yeah, he it still, should. If he's still having yeah, be these great. So it's so, kind of like a, a mashup of like I a was Claire gonna, I was going to ask you though. Yeah, it's like Claire Cognizance. Yeah. yeah. I was going to ask you, Madison, why'd you think Mimic at first? Because well, that's what I thought. So the reason why I think Mimic is anytime I hear, you know, like something in the distance, mm-hmm. you know, uh, replicating a voice or you know, replicating somebody around you, especially because it seems like your family hangs out a lot together. Mm-hmm. If somebody's got an entity that's more of a mimic type entity attached them, they're going to perceive all the other people right. that are around sure. you constantly and utilize that. That's why I brought that, that up. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And but that makes perfect sense. And I would go with mimic too, but there are a lot of elements like I the li- car, like the garage door opening, right. the, the, the door opening, the sensation of all the all the the knowledgeable things that would happen if somebody came in, because mimics are very sneaky too. They are. They they it's often isolated and, and quiet, and it's all, oftentimes you know the classic uh, two sentence horror story, right? Is yeah. yeah. My mom called me downstairs, and as I was headed down, sh- she opens the bedroom door and says, "Don't go down there." There wasn't, uh, or I heard it too. I heard you know, it too. That, that I heard it too moment. Oh, yeah, that, that um, is, classic mimic action. But I think you, the garage door opening, the door sure. opening and closing, the you know all these things. I don't think mimics go through that much trouble. You know, oftentimes it's just the voice, sure. uh, and and in rare occasions it is the the vision. Um, however, uh, mimic is 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 solid. It's a solid thing that 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 it could be. 
I'm going with temporal bubble. I like that theory. I've never even heard of that yeah, being a possibility. Uh, of, sure. you know. I think it is just a mixture of claircognizance and clairaudience. You know, it, yeah. I think it's it's definitely in that realm. Uh, but it's so funnily so, you so know, odd. Odd. You know, it's just bizarre and 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 you know, I would imagine annoying. <laughs> so. Sure. I want to just read a couple of the comments here. Melissa Thayer says, I always forget. Uh, oh, no, not that one. Um, she said, that happens to me all the time with my daughter. Mm. Um, yeah. So, uh, and then Don Nielsen said, I love Chris's brain and how he's so knowledgeable. I've learned so much from just listening to him. Oh, thank you. And EO Serenity says, E, that is definitely creepy. <laughs> it is creepy. That, it is creepy. This Absolutely. is fascinating. Definitely makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hashtag temporal bubbles. (laughs) Hashtag temporal bubble. Well, and it's just interesting, too, because of the fact that it's, I don't know, but the theory you're going off of, would they be almost like a transmuter or something? I think so. Okay. So what a transmuter is, is basically the logic that somebody who just is able to take out energy from around them or bring it into them. Um, So... It's almost like he, the, you as a person are putting it onto your family members to also experience it. And I guess the dog as yeah. well. But I guess that's why I always say a bubble. Like it, it affects yeah. a, an area around you so that anybody in the area will have the same thing. But since it's different people at different times, you know, it seems like it's you. Right. <laughs> that, 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 that you're having this effect. And it's very interesting. And and. Who knows? It might have great applications. We, we, we can never find it, figure it out with my friend. Of course, we were, you know, kids just goofing off on, well, what could be? What's going on with you? Why do you hear that? Because he was constantly thinking that it, uh, yeah, it was his dad. He always, he always thought his dad was home like a half hour before he was home. He, he, he had the sensation that his father came through the door. So he came into the house and he would say this. He was like, it's so weird. And, it, and in his case, it was only his dad. He, he didn't really have it with anyone else. So it was, it was one of those things where it's like, huh, I think you're just seeing what's going to happen in right. about 20 to 30 minutes. You have a 20 to 30 minute peak of the future regarding your dad getting home. <laughs> because it, didn't, it also didn't. Exactly. Didn't have anything to do with the world. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't super handy. Yeah. Sorry, no lottery tickets. Mm-hmm. And usually that's kind of the case of a lot of people who have clear cognizance. It's just information that it's like. Yeah, it's very hard to um, profit off of these uh, uh, gifts. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But thank you guys so much for sending in your stories. If you have a ghost story or a paranormal experience you'd like to send it in to us, you can send it to ghostmail at hauntedcitypodcast.com. Um, also, if you're looking to join us over on Patreon and become a para-junkie for our Halloween uh, series, you can find us over there under the Savannah Underground. Uh, but with that, though, my name is Madison Timmons. And I'm Chris Susie. And stay spooky, y'all. <laughs>